In your Bible this morning, if you would take your Bible, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 45. Once again, we begin to and uh, continue to study and try to preach a series of messages on a young man by the name of Joseph. And we've covered everything from Genesis 37 now to 45. We've covered and tried to show us that Joseph was a perfect type of Christ in chapter 37. And then in chapters 41, Joseph the Savior, physical Savior of his family and the world that time because he had uh, gathered all the food supplies and, and had uh, uh, supplied those, Joseph the Savior. Genesis 42, Joseph the Ruler. In Genesis 45, Joseph the brother. And we just uh, kind of bring you up to date a little bit. We introduced Joseph at the age of 17 years of age. Uh, a member of a dysfunctional family, and I've never met a functional family. Uh, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of liars and uh, said that they were functional, but I, I've never met one. So Joseph was a member of a dysfunctional family, a father that showed partiality, a very passive father, was not involved in his raising of the children, 12 sons, Joseph being the younger. And the Bible said that Jacob loved Joseph more than the other brothers and showed it. And that was part of what made the family so dysfunctional. Thusly, the 11 brothers hated Joseph extremely to the extent that they even threatened to kill the young boy at 17 years of age. But instead of killing Joseph, they sold him into slavery to the Midianites and they took him down to Egypt. And there they sold him at the slave market, bought by a captain of the guard, Potiphar, and he served Potiphar very well. Potiphar's wife uh, was watching HBO and decided that she wanted Joseph for a bedmate, and Joseph refused. Thusly, she falsely accused him, and Potiphar had him thrown in prison for a little over two years. While in prison, he met some other folks that displeased the Pharaoh, the baker, and the butler, and interpreted a dream and became uh, and got in favor with them and was forgotten for two long years in prison. Joseph has been incarcerated, persecuted, misused, abused, misunderstood, and yet in it all, Joseph remained faithful to God. Isn't that amazing? Faithful to the Lord. Well, while in prison, Pharaoh had a dream. And Joseph news out that Joseph could interpret dreams. I wish he'd come interpret some of mine. 
I wonder how he does with nightmares. And so he was summoned from the prison, cleaned up, shaved, clothed correctly, and off to the palace he goes to interpret Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh's dream was one that sent, was sent from God about there would be seven very fruitful years and seven lean years, years of famine. And Joseph's advice to Pharaoh was to find someone who was wise, someone who was discreet, someone with great leadership ability that he could put over all of Egypt and during the seven plentiful years to store up so that they would have food during the seven years of famine. And so Pharaoh thought, I don't know anybody any wiser than the one who just interpreted the dream. So the 17-year-old boy who had been thrown in the pit by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused, thrown into prison, forgotten, this young Hebrew boy has now suddenly been promoted to prime minister of all of Egypt. The most glamorous and beautiful and powerful nation on the face of the earth and this Hebrew who has been mistreated, misunderstood, and now he's promoted to second in command of all of Egypt. I don't know about you, but that could have gone to some people's head. And I don't know about you, some folk walking around said, who that young whippersnapper thinks he is? I wonder how he got all that power and prestige. But nonetheless, Joseph still trusted God and God led him and gave him discretion and wisdom and leadership. And now he's in charge of all the food supplies in the second year of the famine, and things are getting tight. Food is almost non-existent except in Egypt. And so Joseph now is in charge of all the food supply. And what a coincidence, his father heard that there's food in Egypt. Now in his father's mind, Joseph has been dead for 20 years. He still has the coat of many colors dipped in blood, supposedly ripped to shreds by wild beasts when they killed his son. That was a lie propagated by the 11 brothers. And after 20 years, 20 years, they hear that there's food in Egypt. And so Jacob sends the 11 brothers who throw Joseph in the pit, sold him as a slave, and now they're on their way to Egypt to buy food. As Gomer would say, surprise, surprise, surprise. Guess who they got to buy the food from? the one they sold into slavery, the one they were jealous of, 
the one they hated with a terrible, terrible hate. And they walk into Joseph to buy the food. And Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize Joseph. So Joseph puts the 11 guys to the test. But different circumstances, and they have gone, and they're back. Now they're trying to buy food again. And Joseph cannot refrain. Verse 1, chapter 45. And the Bible says, And Joseph could not refrain himself before them all, all of them, that stood by him. And he cried, causing every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Boy, don't you know that was a shock. Listen to what he said. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. Boo-hoo, loud crying. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. I bet that was an understatement. For 20 years, Joseph has been buried in the memories and the nightmares of 11 Hebrew fellows. They must still be able to hear the cries of young Joseph and seeing the face of a scared, bewildered little lad as they take a hold of him and rip his coat off of him and throw him into a pit, then sold into slavery. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me. I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Therefore be not Grieve nor angry with yourselves that ye have sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Probably not a more moving story in all the Bible is the story of Joseph and his brothers. And now a reunion has occurred, and Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers. And it gets out that Joseph Brothers is in town. We begin with verse 16. And I'd like to talk to you today not about Joseph the Savior or Joseph the ruler or Joseph the brother. But I'd like to talk to you about Joseph the friend. Everybody needs a good friend. Joseph 
the friend. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well. And the servants, verse 17, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beast, and go, get you into the land of Canaan, and take your father and your household, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, do this do ye, take your wagons out of the land of Egypt, for your little ones, for your wives, and bring your father and come. Also regard not your stuff. You might underline that. Probably most of us get in trouble with God when we put too much regard on our stuff. Why should we worry about our stuff? Why should they worry about their meager stuff when they're fixing to go to Egypt and Pharaoh's going to just shower them with stuff? Oh, why should we worry about our stuff down here when we got so much stuff up there? Because our stuff is what causes us to get in our messes that we're usually in, right? Hey, by the way, if you worry, what most of the time do you worry about? Stuff. Stuff. Uh, By the way, you spend your money on stuff that's going to wear out. Everything down here is just temporary stuff. So he said, don't worry about your stuff. I like that. Uh, Maybe I'll preach on that one of these days. You say, I thought you just did. (laughs) And so don't worry about your stuff. Regard not your stuff. For the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Jophus gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and uh, gave them provision for the way to all them he gave each man changes of raiment. But to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. Showing a little favoritism there, that's his full-blooded brother. And so he sent his brethren away, and they departed, and he said unto them, watch this, See that you fall not out by the way. In other words, boys, don't argue about who's got the most stuff. He knew those boys. Oh, those are the boys that got jealous because he had some stuff they didn't have. Uh, Those are the boys that argued about whether to kill him or to sell him or not. He still remembered those boys. Because he knew they'd be arrogant about the stuff. And the Bible said, And they went out of Egypt, came to the land of Canaan, Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. Isn't it amazing? He believed them when they lied to him about the coat. But he don't believe them when they tell him the truth about the son. We're kind of crazy, don't you think? 
And the Bible said, And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And when he saw the wagons, when he saw the wagons, he believed. Our father today, in just these short moments we have together, I pray that you would bless the message today. Bless those who listen. Empower me as I preach. May everything be said to honor and glorify you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There is nothing like having a good friend. Especially if you're going to court and somebody in the judicial system is your friend. You know, from time to time, we'll have folks who go to court. You know, they don't go because they're outlaws. They go because they're in-laws, I guess. I have no idea. And do you know that it is a common procedure that if our folks is going to court, they ask me to come just sit by them. Because I know folk in the judicial system. I don't have to say anything. They just want me to sit by them so that the DA and the judges and the lawyers think that I'm their friend. You says it do any good? No. In fact, in a lot of cases, it hurts. But Joseph Brothers discovered that having an acquaintance in the palace was profitable. Friends are very, very important. And I'm here to share with you today that we Christians know know the value of our personal friendship with Jesus, our Joseph. The Bible said there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Does anybody have any idea who the Bible is talking about? A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I read a quote this morning. Friendship flourishes at the fountain of forgiveness. If you can say anything about Joseph, he is an example of forgiveness. If you learn anything from Genesis 37 to Genesis chapter number 50, you learn the profit and the benefit of learning to forgive. The lack of forgiveness will eat at the soul as a canker. It's a cancer, if you please, to the human heart and to the human soul Greed and bitterness and ugliness and sarcasm, harshness, eats away at an individual. And I would like to share with you today, Joseph being a kind of friend that everybody needs. First of all, notice, if you would please, 
in verse 16 through 20 that Joseph was a representative friend. It don't hurt to have a friend in high places who will recommend you when they look like they're going to send you to the low places. It don't hurt to have a friend, a good friend, a spiritual friend, an honest friend who will represent you at all times. Watch this in verses 16 through 20. The Bible says, And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, Do this do ye, laid your beast and go and get you into the land of Canaan and take your father and your households and come unto me and I will I will give you the good of the land of Egypt and ye shall eat of the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye, take your wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones. Verse 20, also regard not your stuff for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. All of Pharaoh's favor, all of Pharaoh's blessings, all that had been promised was only manifested through Joseph. You take Joseph out of the picture and the people are going to starve to death in Canaan. You take Joseph out of the picture and there's no wagons. You take Joseph out of the picture, there's no blessings. You take Joseph out of the picture, there's no better land. And by the way, you take Jesus out and you're sunk. You take Jesus out and America is sunk. Your hope is not built in Trump. And all of his cabinet, it has got to be built upon Jesus Christ, his righteousness, and his blood. But now Joseph was a representative friend. All that Egypt had to offer to Jacob and to the brothers and to the family, all that Egypt had to offer was dependent upon a representative friend by the name of Joseph. Do you know all that heaven has to offer to some of your kinfolks is dependent on you? Who's going to tell them? Who's going to show them? Who's going to buy the wagons? Who's going to furnish the goods? What kind of representative friend are you to somebody in your acquaintance? It's time to pray. It's time to say amen. Listen to me now, if you would please. I believe that our Joseph, Jesus, represents us in heaven. I believe all the favor that heaven has to offer is dependent upon him. The Bible says, for God so loved this world that he gave, what? His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not what? Perish, but have 
everlasting life. There's no way you're going to heaven without Jesus. There's no way eternal life is going to become a gift from God without Jesus. You and I are so dependent upon a representative friend. The Bible said, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. I believe with all my heart, there's no other name given among men whereby men must be saved and the name of Christ Jesus. Everything that the Bible promises and offers to us is dependent upon a representative friend by the name of Jesus Christ. Do you have a friend like that? Notice if you would please, our Joseph is not only, not only promising all of these things, but he is representing us today right at the throne room of God. Did you have any, did you know that you have a friend that is walking daily into the presence of Almighty God, seated at the right hand of God the Father and representing you on a regular basis? The devil walks up and says, look at what Sean did. And you know what Jesus said? It's under the blood. I'll represent him. I'll take his case as sorry as he is and as low down as he is. I'll take his case. Are you glad of that? The Bible says that Jesus Christ is a representative friend. See, and he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Can you say amen? He's our lawyer. For Christ is entered into heaven itself, now appearing in the presence of God for us representing us in the presence of God. For there is one God and one mediator between uh, between man and God, and that is the man Christ Jesus. I am so glad that I have a friend like Jesus. Do you know you have a friend like Jesus? Did you have any idea that we pray through him? Uh, We praise only him. And we serve just him. And the Bible says, listen, I can do all things. You know the next two words? Through Christ. Through Christ. Everything we do is through Christ. We pray through him. We endure through him. We walk in him. He is our representative friend. Can you say amen? And that's what Joseph was to his family. A representative friend. He represented Pharaoh and all that Pharaoh had. He represented Egypt and all the goodness that Egypt shared. He represented life because without him they would starve to death. He represented wealth because it was through him that all the good things came and without him poverty and death was inevitable. inevitable. I'm so glad that Joseph is a perfect picture of a representative friend that we have by the name of Jesus. You're not in this game alone. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Can anybody say amen? I've watched it 
this past week like I've never seen it before in my life. And I've sat in waiting rooms for 50 years. And I've been there with some of you in very tiring, hard, trying times. But I've seen my representative friend represent the God in heaven as he consoles and as he moves and he leads my son and his wife through a dark, dark, dismal day of an 11-year-old kid with no blood pressure at all. Kidneys malfunction. Lung collapse. And then the good news of pneumonia. And I've watched as my friend stuck closer than a brother to my family. I watched it as Andrew lost his baby daughter. I'm telling you, in this old wicked sinful world which we live, we need a friend that can represent us in the high court of heaven and from there shower blessings far beyond our imagination. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless your heart. Now I can't see my notes because I need windshield wipers on my glasses. Joseph not only was a representative friend, he was a thoughtful friend. Thoughtful friend. Many times it's not what you do. It's just that you did. I feel assured that the gift is not what's important. It's the thought behind the gift that really moves the heart and blesses the soul. Notice, if you would please, verse 21 a thoughtful friend. The Bible says in verse 21, watch this. The children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, gave them provision for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver, five charges of raiment, changes of raiment. To his father he sent after this manner ten asses laden with good things of Egypt, ten she-asses laden with corn, bread, meat for his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed, and said unto them, See that ye fall not out by the way. Joseph has thought of everything. Wagons, provisions, raiment, silver, and food. Can you imagine what that, that parade must have looked like as they made that 30, 40, 50 mile journey from Egypt 
back down to Canaan. Can you imagine as they went by the way of the dried up country, no crops, animals dying by the highway, families starving to death, and from Egypt, here they go with an entourage so large it would look like the Trump train. Dressed in royal robes, pulled and by the most sturdy steeds of the day. Wagons full of groceries and goods and finery and trinkets on their way to Canaan. Twenty donkeys, male and female, laden with stuff. Can you imagine what the media could have done with that. Huh? Going to pick up Jacob and his family and bring them back to Egypt. Joseph had thought of everything. By the way, Jesus, our thoughtful friend, Pinned one day, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Do you know today that you have a representative, thoughtful friend? like no one else in the world. What's a friend? Someone said a friend is somebody who is coming in when all the world is going out. A friend is someone who knows all about you and still does not hate your gut. I mean, still loves you. A friend is somebody who can live with you and smell your dirty breath and see your dirty ways and still... Loves you regardless. That's a friend. A thoughtful friend. Lastly, Joseph was a living friend. I got a lot of friends that's been buried. They're not doing me much good today. Go tell Jacob, Joseph is alive. It must have been good news, don't you guess? For 20 years he'd been buried. For 20 years all he had seen was a bloody coat. For 20 years it had already been settled. Joseph is dead. I'll never see him again. I loved him with all my heart. But he's dead. Verse 25, look and I'll close. And they went up out of Egypt came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. Don't you know that must have been great news to a father? Uh, I've sat and I've watched my son David Just wait for that bit of good news. Just 
kidney count is down. Don't have to be 10 points, don't have to be 15 points. If it's just two points, that's improvement. The dialysis machine plugs up, begins to beep, 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 beep. Nobody can turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. Because of that blood that's still in the machine, they have to give her blood because the blood that's in the machine now is no good. Waiting for the least bit of news. Maybe not a lot better, just a little better. And all of a sudden, after 20 years, somebody says to a daddy, Joseph is yet alive. Oh, he's the one who failed the wagons. He's the one who sent the 20 mules laden with goods. Uh, He's the one who sent the trinkets. And he wants you to come to Egypt. A living friend. Don't wait till everybody's dead to be a friend. What we need is representative Thoughtful, living friends. The Bible says this must be the life-saving message. Joseph is alive and he has the control of all the food in Egypt. This meant to Jacob life, blessed, and glory. See him yonder as he comes back into Egypt and all of the Egyptians are praising and welcoming him and his family. Life, blessings, glory. All because of a living friend, a thoughtful friend, a representative friend. A friend who will represent them in Canaan. But he's in Egypt where all the goodies are. A friend that's in heaven where all the goodies are. Waiting for those to be blessed and received up in glory. Can you imagine that? I just thought maybe I'd drop by and tell you today that Jesus is our living friend. Joseph had a message of life, blessing, and glory. Jesus has a message for the soul. Then called up on the name of the Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Somewhere in your bosom, I cannot know where. I believe I know what it looks like. 
is your soul. You say, what does my soul look like? Oh, dreaded thing, it looks just like you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. All the benefits of those who have a living, thoughtful, representative friend. I'd close. I got a lot more I'd like to say, but I don't need to say it. The first black baseball player to ever play in the major leagues was Jackie Robertson. Now, I'm a little older than some of you, and I'm from the South. Even farther South, than we are south. And I do know somewhat about the segregation. And I do know and remember two water fountains, two restrooms, specific seating on buses, trains, and places. And I can remember segregation at its worst. I can Well, when Jackie Robinson broke into the major leagues, he was treated terribly, persecuted, ridiculed, mocked at. The crowds would jeer, boo, when he played ball because he is the only black man on the baseball diamond. One day, during a big game, he made an error. And the crowd just went wild. Booing and jeering, cursing, throwing things on the field. And Jackie Robinson stands on second base all by himself, listening as the crowds jeered, mocked, and yelling racial slurs. And all of a sudden, a short stop by the name of Pee Wee Reese walked over and put his arm around Jackie Robinson's shoulder and turned him to face the crowd. And the crowd silenced. And Jackie Robinson later said, the arm that wrapped around my shoulder saved my career. Now, I've been in this for 50 years. And there have been times of shame. Times of ridicule. Times of blame. And times of hurt. And when that happened, my living friend was faithful to wrap his arm around my shoulder. And he and I could face the crowd without shame. Oh, how we need a Joseph in our life who will represent us, thoughtfully be with us, 
and allow us to do all things through Christ which strengthened us. And all of God's people said, Little boy one day was sent to the store by mama. The little boy stayed longer and lingered for a long time and his mother was so worried. After a while, the little boy finally showed up and she grabbed the little boy and shook him and said, Son, where have you been? I've been worried sick about you. He said, Well, Mom, when I left the store, I passed a little boy whose bicycle that was broken and the little boy was just standing there crying so I thought I'd stop and help him fix it. And the mother said, well, I didn't know you knew anything about fixing bicycles. He said, I didn't, Mom. I just stayed there and we both cried a while. (laughs) I didn't, Mom. I just stopped. And we both cried a while. I just helped him cry. 